Good evening and welcome back to another episode of Atomic Zero. Tonight I have a special guest all the way down from SoCal. Uh, I came across him through a wonderful field of friends and former our guests that I've had on the show. Uh, not only is he a uh, singer, songwriter, rapper, he's also an actor. Uh, he recently just started a podcast and I want everybody to check it out. We're going to be talking about that. Uh, I want you to get to know this wonderful artist from SoCal. Um, Welcome to the show, buddy. I was born, I was born August 6, 84. Never knew what God had in store. Never really knew what he was prepping me for. Rhymes galore. All the metaphors I got to explore. What up, y'all? My name is Marlon D. Thanks for having me, James. Hey, buddy. Uh, thanks, for, thanks for coming on the show. I really appreciate it. I, I know it's a little crazy to be uh, trying to do an interview while the elections are going on tonight. <laughs> No, it's all good. I wouldn't spend it no other way, man. Thank, Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, how, how's how's everything going so far up to now with the election for you? I, I know um, a lot of you're very passionate about your music. Uh, there's a lot of uh, stuff going on. Uh, how, how is this election treating you so far? I'm trying my best to not be anxious about it. Mm. So I think this interview is helping me keeping my mind off it for now. Mm -hmm. Um I did my part. Hopefully, we all voted. Um, and I, I'm, 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 I'm anxious like you. <laughs> I'm also waiting for the results, just like you, just like all of us, you know. And may, may, may the, may America decide what, what's best for us tonight, you know. Goddamn. Yeah, and you know, being so, in California right now, we. Uh, where our ballot boxes are just getting ready to close for our show. You know, usually we always film this later in the evening. It's almost eight in the evening now. Yes. And, uh, we're just closing up. So hopefully, you know, we'll have a closer idea towards the middle of the night, right? <laughs> yeah. I know, man. It's going to be a long night, but fuck it. We're here, man. We're up. We're waiting. Exactly. We're all up and we're all waiting. Um, so, you know, it's it's been such a crazy time and you know for artists during this whole covid and you know the election surely does weigh in on a lot of our decision making um i guess for me to ask is is that being an artist during this covid how has this affected you and what do you think that uh, uh what do you think that light at the end of the tunnel looks like for a lot of artists nowadays on the hip-hop tip they canceled everyone's shows so for the past eight months, I'm like every, I'm like any other rapper out here trying to do shows. There ain't none. Now, as far as the acting tip, um, they canceled all theater shows. So I, I couldn't even do my play. So what I did was I exerted time in the recording studio, man. Uh, from the time, from about the time like Nipsey Hussle died all the way to like when, pan when the pandemic started, I, I finished about a hundred songs and I picked, I picked the best 20. And that's what made the, the album Act 2. For mm -hmm. all those listening, you know, my album Act 2 by Marlon D. Now available on um, on all street streaming platforms. Because I noticed you, you introduced me as Marlon Dido, which is my actor name. Or, or, you know, whatever, like my government name. But for the for the rap, for the hip-hop shit, mm -hmm. it's Marlon, Marlon D. You know what I'm saying? Um, but thank you. Thanks for even putting me on your platform, bro. Just to, like spend some time and kill time, get my shit out, get my mind away from the politics and the election right now because shit is crazy, you know? 
but let's talk about other shit besides that. We'll talk about that too. Yeah, we'll get. We'll come back to this. We'll come back to this. So, um, where are you actually now located? I, 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 when I had talked to another artist, uh, Chris, he had actually he mentioned you, and, and Crossing, and and you know, thanks for you know um, responding back to me. Um, I didn't actually really understand where you were at because I know like during this time everybody's kind of relocated here and there. Mm. I live in San Diego right now. Okay. I'm from Oxnard, California. Same hood as Chris. I grew up with Chris, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, like I live in San Diego at the moment. You know, your your thoughts with the, the community as, you know, you watched everybody kind of crumble. Do you remember how that kind of went down for you? Like, you know, I was getting ready for my next gig and then just called me up that night and said, oh, man, um, we're, we're not going to be open. You're talking about the COVID, the pandemic? Yeah, yeah. How, how, how did that go down? Do you remember so, your last gig exactly or? Oh, yeah, exactly. Um, so I, I work for the school districts out here. I work with kids with autism. So on Friday the 13th, wow. Friday the 13th, they announced, they announced that there won't be any school coming back the following Monday. And it just so happened that I did my final gig on March 12th, the day before wow. they announced COVID. Now, I've been doing performances like live stream, Instagram live streams, or mm-hmm. I've, been, I've been doing some performances through Facebook or just getting on other people's podcasts, getting on other people's radio shows. I've been doing performances to that way. But mm-hmm. as far as like live in the flesh, my last one was March 12th, man. And, you know, it's all good. I feel like I definitely exerted that energy in the studio and got a lot of music done. And, and, I'm, and I'm proud of that. You know what I'm saying? Now, was, how was the transition of like, you know, when the COVID happened, then, you know, you're jumping on these podcasts and these other sites. Was it li- like, was it a little limiting or was it like easy for a lot of people to make that transition? Because everybody was all of a sudden, you know, on Zoom or on, um, you know, Twitch or whatever other platforms that they were using. Was it, was it easy for you to make that transition to go, hey guys, I'm on the social meds, right? So as far as like transitioning to making a podcast? Mm-hmm. Yeah, like what led you to? So like. Like how did it lead so you there? basically, man. Yeah, man, I've been. So first of all, I got to give props to Nori and Drink Champs. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a big fan of their podcast. You know, I'm a hip hop head. So when Nori first did his podcast, mm-hmm. that was like in 2016, maybe 2017. I don't know, but. I was inspired then to start one, but you know, I was making albums, I was doing shows. It was something that I, I, I you know, I didn't revisit until recently. Um, I dropped my first episode in September 19, and mm. um, uh, I'm on I'm 15 episodes deep, and the transition has been. I just feel like you know they canceled the hip hop shows, uh, they canceled my theater shows. Uh, I mean, I'm still shooting videos for the album, promoting it, doing podcast shows like yours so I can keep promoting myself and my music. Mm-hmm. But dude, like I'm, I'm doing the podcast through my cell phone right now through this app called Anchor and mm-hmm. the transition's been easy. <laughs> I've, been doing, I've been doing phone interviews to the phone or sometimes I really do it in person and I've just been really giving back to the hip hop community, showcasing artists that I fuck with, artists that I respect, mental health workers, social workers. I've been like interviewing actors and indie film directors 
and people that I think that are interesting, people that I think that people that has always showed me love. So it's my turn to put them on my platform because they put me on their platforms, you know. So mm-hmm. I'm just I'm just giving back. I just want to give back right now, you know. No, I I totally understand, and it's interesting because you know when you start this journey, um, uh, you do find a lot about your craft where you end up meeting new people and you're always just kind of talking to them um, about just randomness things on your, uh, on everybody's podcast. Cause every, I think everybody does that. I don't know how your structure of your podcast, but how did you, how did you um, morph and transition into how you, you find your voice from in your podcast? So um, it's a, it's a hip hop commentary, music commentary podcast, you know, mm-hmm. Um, but it's not limited to that. Like, you know, like I said, I want to give back to my mental health practitioners, my nurses, my teachers, mm-hmm. everybody that's out there on the front line every day, dog. You know, there's there's some real shit going on in this country. There's people risking their lives every day. So I love hip hop, but but no matter how much I love hip hop, I feel like I want to give a voice to others that that feel like they don't always have a voice, you know? Mm-hmm. Um and I don't know if that answers your question, but I did that answer your question. I'm well, uh, oh, I mean, I, I, th- there was a two-part question. I mean, the other thing was, it's like, how did you find your voice? As in, you know, the median of where, you know, you, this is where I stand. This is where also where, um, you know, where I'm willing to go and where I won't go. How did how did you come to terms with that? Well, I feel like if I'm going to start a podcast, my real job is to be a journalist. So how do I find my voice? I feel like it's really not about my voice this time mm-hmm. around. It's about my guest's voice. But my job is to definitely ask the right questions and steer the conversation. Like my longest podcast episodes have been three hours, four hours. Nice. And the, the shortest have been like an hour and a half or an hour. Mm-hmm. But like I've had two hour uh, episodes, three hour episodes and it ain't me talking the whole three hours. That's for sure. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> it's not me talking the whole three hours. That's for sure. And I feel like, of course, I talk here and there. I, I, I give my opinion and my thoughts. But I really want to show people that I know how it is to step back and not be in the limelight and let others shine, man. You mm-hmm. know, Hip-hop is so machismo and very, a lot of bravado that sometimes MCs are... You know, sometimes we need to fall back a little bit. And even though I'm hosting the show, it's not my story that's highlighted. It's my mm-hmm. guests. And I, I really respect my guests a lot, you know? Now, uh, with, with this uh, release of your, your new album, you started a new song um, that has a music video. Yeah, they dropped the single, yep. Mm-hmm. Like, my music video is called Change Is Gonna Come. It's the first single from my album, Act Two. Uh, I dropped the video maybe, I don't know, maybe three I, three weeks, three, four weeks ago, maybe a month ago. Not sure, but it's... Yeah, yeah. It, no, because I think I just spoke to you not too long ago and, and you were, you know, as we were setting up this date for, for today, um, yeah, you just released this, uh, I believe, like a, like a week or two ago when I spoke to you. Um, yeah. You know, can you tell me a little bit about your music video? Because I, I, I saw it and I thought it was really nice. Um, like, you looks like you've been a lot of places. And um, um, how did you go about designing your 
uh, your music video, uh, did you kind of do a storyboard of some sort where you guys were you guys kind of mapped out these locations where you're filming it at, or how, how did how did that pan out for you? I'm always curious about how the development of a uh, of, of these little these art projects. You know, we're making a music video because they're fun to do. Nice. <clears throat> so for this song, it's called "Change Gonna Come." Um, it was directed by my friend Ricardo Romero, mm -hmm. but I also I kind of co-directed it. It was definitely my vision. Uh, as far as the locations, we shot it in just uh, we shot it in a couple locations in San Diego. Um, okay. And as far as the storyline and the storyboard, if you watch the video towards the middle, we definitely have a collage where um, we highlight you know all those we lost in police brutality this year, like Breonna Taylor and Ahmaud Arbery. <laughs> And George Floyd, you know, uh -huh. so uh, that was my idea where I, I just wanted to highlight them. And um, it's a combination of what's been going on this year and change is going to come, change better come after this year. And I'm also talking about my life personally, you know, it's it's like, I think the key to songwriting, uh -huh. I think, oh, and, and I'm learning this, you know, I think the key to songwriting is it has to come from a real place and the real honest place in my life, mm -hmm. but it also has to connect to others. A lot of us feel like we need change sometimes, you know? Um, a lot of us sometimes change for the good. Some of us change for the bad, but change, change is always happening in life. And if, if there's anything I learned in 2020 is that this whole shit can change. Mm -hmm. Like, Everything can change just like that. And the country may never be the same again, regardless who wins the regardless who wins the fucking election. But change better come, man. Because uh, America can't keep going on like this, man. Like we can't we can't keep going on like this, dog. Now, when you when you say change, do you do you consider this type of change like personal change that that you that you know like one has to take on as, uh, to make that change? Or is it something that um that we're hope, hopeful of change. Where do, do you feel, so I guess the question I'm trying to ask is it, does it fall on individual responsibility to make personal change or is it, or is it that we have to guide that? What do you think? I think, I think the country, I think the country's hitting rock bottom. We've, we've hit some, we've hit a pretty good rock bottom this year. Mm -hmm. And when we hit rock bottom, sometimes we have no choice but to change. I can't speak for everybody personally. Mm -hmm. I don't know about you, dog. You ever look in the mirror and be sick of your own shit? You know, yeah, sometimes that was years ago. <laughs> and that's why we that's why we do the change. <laughs> sometimes you're sick of your own shit. Sometimes you're sick of your own face. Sometimes you're sick of your own excuses. Mm -hmm. Sometimes you're sick of your own lies. Sometimes you're sick of your own laziness. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? I'm just yeah. sick of myself sometimes. But when I get sick of myself, that's when I know it's time to change. And I'm just trying to stay healthy, brother. I mean, every day, every day that I'm alive, I mm -hmm. feel like it's a gift because everybody's dying left and right. Every day that I get to breathe, it's, it's really a gift. And um, I don't want to waste my life. I want to make every day count now because it's it's very fragile. Uh, it's it's very fragile, dog. It's it's very limited. Our time is limited. Our tomorrow is never promised and like that's what 2020 is right now dog and i hope even after 2020 is done 
I hope we realize that this shit can be taken away from us if, if it really comes down to it, you know? Exactly. Because, I, you know, because, I mean, <laughs> seriously, at any given moment, if, if you don't make that change, someone's going to do it for you. You know? and, and you might not like the change that's going to happen. And I think, I think that's very important because it, it's, it's very important that effort is made because I, I, I see a lot of artists day in and day out, you know, why do the grind? It's because we want to see change. We want you to know? see a growth. Um, and that's always one of those things that's always plagued me as a, um, as a person that's watched many artists. It's, it's, it's uh, how someone considers change and growth. Cause like, when do you stop changing and when do you start growing and when do you stop growing versus where you start changing? Right. You know, it's not easy to change our eating habits. It's not easy to change our, um, our drinking habits our drug habits. It's not easy to change our destructive self thinking, like the way we think or, um, it's not easy to change our negative thinking or, or just or like sometimes we're the toxic people, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes, that. sometimes we're the toxic ones. And, um, I know, I know exactly what I need to fucking change about myself. I'm very mm-hmm. impatient. I'm very impatient and I don't forgive. I'm not really a very forgiving person. So I know I need to work on that. I know exactly what I need to do. I mm-hmm. need, I know, I know what I need to change. I'm not oblivious brother. Like, Mm-hmm. Uh, and I no, think no, that's, that's, that's good to be honest with yourself. I am very honest. It's, it's really hard because a lot of you might lie to yourself, like you said earlier, right? It's it's hard because sometimes when you're reflect reflecting it in yourself, it's like, are you making up a lie for yourself, and you um, don't realize it? It's like I know that I'm not a forgiving person, but at the same token, I also know that I'm a very loyal friend, and mm-hmm. I'm a very I'm a very supportive friend too. I'm a very good friend, mm-hmm. uh, but yeah, but you know, sometimes I'm just not a forgiving person, but I'm working on that, bro. It's all love. I'm not perfect. I'm not perfect. You know what I mean? Like, oh, no, I, I feel you on that. Cause I think that's what my years of being a stage manager, it was always like, I try to be supportive because I'm not an actor. I'm not a singer. I'm not, I'm not that type of artist, but being years of being a stage stage manager and whatnot it's like don't get me wrong i want to be supportive i want you to know that i'm shining that spotlight on you and and, and starting that drum roll for you <laughs> as you enter and, you know what i'm saying and it, 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 it's it's hard but it's like you know it's it's good to understand that that idea of like people on the balcony that was i think that was a book back in the 80s uh, yeah all the all the people in the balcony you know yeah. it's, it's knowing like you know, there are times that you have, you're on the stage, but then sometimes you got to be backstage. Sometimes you got to just be the audience. Nice. I, I don't know. That's, that's kind of like my random philosophy about like being a stage manager. That's true. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> sometimes you just got to be an audience member. True. And I'm here to support, just here to cheer you on. <laughs> Man, I'm glad you're, doing, I'm glad you're doing this platform, dog. Good job. I can tell the intentions right. You feel me, dog? Keep doing mm-hmm. the thing. No, thank Keep you, man. <laughs> um, Good it, shit. No, and I think that's I think that's one of the things about these podcasts that I, you know, like my journey in itself too. Just it's that you know you keep meeting great people and you want to share ideas. You want to know that we're not, you know, like we're all making changes, but I think we all want to know that we're not alone. You know, trying to go through the struggle, and I think that's why we we. I find out through a lot of, you know, these 
organizations that yeah we're, we're sharing our, our our struggle because that's the only way we make those acknowledgements and i think for a good chunk of it is that we don't have lots of platforms as we are able to do so now um like that's kind of why I think it's interesting. Like, I'm glad you're doing a platform too, because it's like you have this podcast, and I'm very, um, uh, I am curious as in watching your growth as, starting as a new podcaster. Because you know, same thing here. I I, I started it this year, uh, and I had filmed earlier in the year, last year before COVID, and I was just kind of trying to find my voice because yeah. all I wanted to, and and I tried various things where I had group conversations um you know i've had co-hosts and stuff like that i try to work out with and and sometimes it's it's funny because you you do need to own up to the show and find out exactly where you stand with yourself but at the same thing being human and understanding like hey people have different views and and no matter what type of views people have it's like i don't want to lose sight of what my platform is yeah and, and and whatever whatever people's platform is it's like what was your original intent what why do you do what you do it's like i'm here to showcase um you know things uh, of the community and what we don't have i realize it's like there are many artists that just start out uh, in the community for asian americans and i find it sad because it's like you get to see them at a show hear their music you, you get to see their performance of some sort but you don't really get to know them you know it's like Yo, uh, yo, MD, real quick. What's your favorite color? Tell me your your top three. Are you asking me right now? Yeah, what? Yeah, what's your favorite? What's your favorite color? Like somebody doesn't get to ask you a random question. Like, what's your favorite number? <laughs> you know, just random. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. you know, what's your favorite number? It's seven, sort of. But then, like, I'm okay with thirteen. But if if it's not available, then I'll take twenty three. And if it's not that, then I'll take the other a series of numbers. <laughs> You know, I'm just picking numbers. It's like, well, you know, I'll take black, you know, because, you know, everything like, John, you know, Johnny Cash, I'll take black. You know, it looks great yeah. on everything, you know, but I've been told I look nice and nice and like earthy tone colors. I won't I won't deny that, but that's just the color. But I'm not, you know, I'm not I'm not married to it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right. It's like, you know, you don't ask people like, yo, uh, what's your you know, you don't get to ask that about an artist. It's just like you get to read about it in a news column somewhere or something like that. Kind of like Straight a Playboy up, right? magazine or something. It's like, this girl fancies this. <laughs> this artist likes this. He wears blue suede shoes. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if that's like something that you, you know, it's like why I think a lot of, um, why a lot of people transition to podcasts because you get to like really just, you know, chuckle with the, the guest. You get to ask them silly things and you get to be yourself. Yeah, man. You know, I, like I like I asked you to, you know, come when I asked you to come on the show. It's like seriously, I wanted to get to know who you were. My boy was just talking about you, and he was like, "Yeah, I'm gonna go meet him up and whatnot." And I was like, "Oh, tight! This is gonna, this is be cool." I always wanted to hear that. And one of these days, it's like, yeah, I'd love to have Chris and you on the show and just kind of shoot the shit for a, a monthly a monthly show. Because I do at the end of the month, I do a monthly review, uh, you know, which is last month tonight, and I generally get returning guests and stuff like that to come on the show and it's just like it's, it's just us shooting the shit and that's what these nice. podcasts are and you know it's interesting because fans do enjoy this stuff you know it's not oh, every yeah. day that we get to go over what's happening in the news um i recently had done the you know the all the propositions you know we just kind of went over it uh, i had two returning guests and we talked about you know the props and we talked about uh i, I think we talked about ruth gato ginsburg and you know the new judge 
you know, just, you know, because my show is a little political show a little bit. We do discuss things that are things that are important, uh, especially like during this election, it, um, a conversation I did ask you as, a, as an artist, you know, I don't, I want, you know, many Asian Americans and any other group, you know, should your vote matter and how much does it matter to you? And, you know, how much is it, how important is the Asian vote? You know, these are like things that were like brought up in the Asian American community, like how important is the Asian vote or, you know, such things as like Prop 16, you know, with the affirmative action, everybody has different takes on it, uh, especially during this in California. So it's, it's important, you know, for a lot of Asian Americans, because when I was growing up, I didn't have a show for, for, you know, like being an Asian American guy, like what it is, what is it to be us? You know, you know, like, oh, we got to like import cars and we got to love hip hop music and we just got to like rave and stuff <laughs> or whatever the light show or, or whatnot. It, it's, it's very fabricated and it's not uh, generally what is, you know, what is portrayed of us. And, you know, these small little things that people have, they automatically magnified as, and they blow it out of proportion thinking that we're something that we're not. So I, I find that these are important to get to know your local people. Oh yeah, so. no doubt, no doubt. So I think, I think the I think the Asian community's vote counts. Mm -hmm. it, it really does count. Um, our peoples have served this country, man. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? I agree. I agree. We've we've definitely paid our dues in this country, and there's a lot of great things about America. You know, it all gave us a chance to leave our in, our our countries and. Our parents got a chance to start over and uh, our parents and their grandparents had a chance to like come to the country and build a life for themselves, you know? Mm -hmm. So our, our community has also benefited from this country, but in the same return, mm -hmm. you know, we benefited from this country, but in the same token, we also served this country though. Yeah. You know, we, we also have served us in a sense of, uh, of injustice as well. Yeah, and but we serve the country too, and you know they've served. And what? Let me ask you this: What do you mm -hmm. mean by they've served us injustice? What do you mean by that? Well, I mean, well, you know, most of the time when you refer to like you know the executive order nine hundred six six, you know how we had the internment camp, so that was they served us injustice. That then you know they, you know, it, will it ever be truly forgiven? And how you know America looks at Asians because you know we're still we're still slightly kind of the the oddball out of the group uh -huh. and especially during covid uh you know uh i've talked about this many times with numerous guests on the show like have you noticed um you know the uptick or the increase in asian american violence you know you know acts towards asian americans <clears throat> um yeah it uh, you're right it has increased but can you elaborate when you said that they've served this injustice in the camp? Can, can you talk about that? Like the camp that you said, the what? The 902 camp? Well, that, that's internment camp during World War II. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. You know, during that whole, that whole era of, you know, obviously you give up your shit. You're going to go and hop on a bus and then you're going to go to Topaz or wherever. And, you know, you're going to spend the next couple of years there. And knowing when you come back, you don't have a strawberry farm. You don't have a house anymore. Anything that, you know, like Japanese Americans might've had at that time no, in America. Right. And, right. and, you know, does that make up for, you know, that, you know, has America made up for it? No, but it, it is a true deep reminder of, for, as an Asian American, for all of us that, you know, your rights 
that you think are your rights, they're privileges. And at any given moment, they can be taken from you. But also acknowledge that these privileges that you have are also important because no one else has them. And lots Amen. of people want our and a lot of people want our privileges. Um, I think there's a lot of confusion sometimes with human rights and American rights. I think that not me personally, but we can say human rights are important. It is, but human rights doesn't have a constitution and they don't have anything to explain and define what is a human right sometimes, except how we feel and what we morally feel is right. But how we feel sometimes doesn't mean diddly squat to a government that doesn't give two shit sometimes. You know, exactly. Like they build the like internment camps or they build, you know, they'll make, they'll put us in an area, make us build it and then encamp us there. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah, Cause that's yeah. how, that's how that, that's how that went down. It's like, we're, well, we have two, three buildings. You guys could all sleep in here. And then tomorrow you guys will build another building for yourself. So you guys can all stay here. Right. <laughs> Fuck. So there are a lot of pitfalls in our government and, you know, I don't believe giving them more power sometimes and, or hoping that they're going to do right by us, but doing right by us doesn't solve the problem now sometimes for in, in most incidents. And I know that we can argue on different platforms of that, but simply to put it for me, it's like, you know, I'm not, you know, like if you're in jail or something and you're waiting for your term to be done, it's like, well, when will someone come for you? And will you be forgotten through the system? And, you know, you never know or any of that stuff. And you need that to know that you're being done right immediately. I'm not saying that it's just systemic racism of any sorts. I'm just saying that I think that everybody wants to make sure that they know that that opportunity and that careful planning and thoughtfulness, you know, is there for them you don't want to be forgotten i think that's i think that's what scares a lot of us being in america of, you, know, uh, you know born and raised here and whatnot just you know like that idea that you can just quickly be forgotten true 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 so that, yeah, that's man. my take about like you know knowing that your rights are privileges and you can get them taken anytime and i'm just i'm citing from a comedian like george carlin you know it's it's that no that's know. a fab that's a fab <laughs> i'm citing from that's him <laughs> Yeah, that's a fact because, you know, I was telling someone the other day, like, uh, I did an interview last night and um, <clears throat> I was talking about Filipinos. We have a certain connection with the Hispanics. And uh, I feel like in a lot of ways, Filipinos and the Hispanic culture is similar. And we are, we both have good work ethics. We work hard, very spiritual, Catholic minded and, uh, you know, we care about the family. Yeah, good, and good family values. There's a lot of like similarities within our culture, and every time my my fellow Hispanics and Mexicans were like taught, were trying to get ostracized, and they got their kids taken away from them and put in detention camps. When all that stuff was happening to my to my Mexican brothers and sisters, mm -hmm. I felt sick to my stomach, man, because I feel like any minute it can turn to us. Like Filipinos, we're not exempt from this racism, you know. Like, like what makes me think like it'll never be turned towards us, towards my, towards my fellow Filipino Americans. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So, I feel like, fuck that. There shouldn't be no racism t towards any brown skinned people, because I don't give a fuck if there's no racism towards Filipinos. Shit, mm -hmm. we're not. We're still all not treated equally. We all mm -hmm. gotta be treated equally, man. We're not, Filipinos are not, are not exempt from this. So mm -hmm. I just feel like with all the racism going on, 
there's a lot of racial tension, political tension in the air. Um, I'm gonna be honest, James. Like to me, it ain't about Republicans or Democrats. It's just about being good and bad. It's just about being good and evil. Oh. It's just about treating people right or you treat them wrong. You know what I'm saying? A lot of things are getting exposed this year. Motherfuckers are sex trafficking and shit. Mm-hmm. You know, motherfuckers are sex trafficking w- along with the with the famous musicians and famous entertainers out here. Mm-hmm. You know, like like mol- molesting teenage t- teenagers. You know what I'm saying? And like, mm-hmm. there's a lot of evil yeah, pedophiles. Being, yeah, there's a Fuck lot those of guys. Evil, there's a lot of evil being done behind the curtains and it's getting revealed, it's getting exposed, you know what I'm saying? So, like, at this point, all these politicians, bro, yeah, they talk a good game. Mm-hmm. They talk a good game. Everybody knows how to talk a good game. It's similar to marketing and promotion. I yeah. know how it is to be a rapper. I know how it is to be a rapper trying to, to, to be an artist, trying to sell a product, trying to sell a CD, trying to sell trying to promote my music it's all about marketing and promotion and how you market it you know uh this is through your this is through uh md entertainment right for my late for my music yes yeah yeah. i'm saying um Uh yeah like i know how it is to like to sell and promote and market something a politician is the same way they know how to market they know how they know the image and the branding. They know the right words to say. I get it, cause I get it. Okay. I know when when you Fucking when you uh, actors. <laughs> no, I agree. <laughs> Fucking 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 actors and actresses know how to act. They know how to act. Actors and actresses know how to act. All right. It's it's these politicians know how to act. It's all good. I get it. I see what they're doing. You know, are mm-hmm. we that stupid to not see that? We're not that stupid. I know we're not. I know. I, you know, we can see I, the I, you know, that's the thing that I've argued many times. It's like, mm-hmm. it, it's um. Here's the George Carlin joke that I say many times, and people have probably heard this over a few times in the podcast. But it's a it's a motto I live by. You know, I love to say that the average person is smart. But if you think about how smart he is, quickly realize how dumb he is, and everybody behind him is dumber than that. Mm-hmm. And it sucks because I would love to, I want to believe that people do really care and and generally make that. But you know, I think that's kind of why we keep our guard up to know that there is evil out there. Yeah, man. And, and you got to stay vigilant. You got to stay diligent. You got to, yeah. you know, that's why yeah. we do the things that we do to keep, you know, ourselves, you know, and our families and our loved ones and everybody that's, you know, important to us. We want to make sure that we, we were, we are able to do so. No doubt, man. There's a lot of evil and I know that I'm not perfect. And I know that we're all striving to, to be a good law abiding citizens out here. Oh, and, and, um, you know, for me, you know, saying about Filipino stuff, I would say like, I think it's great that the fucking country makes everybody learn Eskrima. <laughs> I think it's great that it's like a natural, like since 2008, you know, the, the country made it a, a national pastime that you have to learn it as a curriculum. Everybody in high school learns it in the Philippines since 2008. I, I had a couple of people on the show previously that uh, martial artists that, you know, yeah. Jay, Jasper, and, uh, um, you know, um, Greg Manalo, they were on the show and we talked about martial arts and stuff like that. So it's, it's just one of those. It's like, you want to make sure that you, you teach people how to be strong. 
and we need it mm. you know and i'm a big believer of that i'm a big believer that you know you have to be strong in order to, you know, survive, you know, to survive a, a rough life. You don't, you don't pray, you don't pray for an easy one <laughs> as Bruce Lee says it. Yeah. Pray for the strength to endure a, a hard one. But I have faith in this country. Mm -hmm. I know that, I know that Americans, I know that we can turn this around. You know what I'm saying? It's about us right now. You know, it's about mm -hmm. us, dog. We're the ones getting fucked over out here. And we got to turn this around because it relies on us. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Fuck these politicians. You know what I'm saying? You know, they're, you, you know, they're running the country, no doubt. You know, but we got to outsmart them sometimes, dog. We got to hustle, like, mm -hmm. you know, because they'll take away your stability. They will take your job. And they did. They did. Mm -hmm. They did take it away. If they wanted to take it away, they'll take it away. So 2020 has taught me that nothing's stable, fam. Mm -hmm. Nothing's. You think it is. You think it is. It mm -hmm. may feel like it is, but it's not. Yeah. They can take it away. You know what I'm saying? So. Well, that, that's that. That is a very interesting, you know, thing because it's like you. I think they it was on the. It, it was on the proposition where you know. If, do they give it when do they give it back to you exactly you know people are happy to take things away they don't they're not they're not always talking about when they're going to give it back to you exactly I, I think that's that's what holds or impedes a lot of people we have been conditioned now these past eight months we have been in the pandemic since march 13 mm -hmm. march 13 was when they announced it it is now november 4 november 3 i believe right yeah, third, about yeah. November 13, it'll be eight months, bro. So right now we are we are being groomed, we are being conditioned by this. Mm -hmm. Um we are we are becoming desensitized by this, it's becoming the new norm. And there was something eerie in Halloween when I saw no kids on the street. It's just like it just felt like a sad feeling, like like seeing nobody in the streets for Halloween. Like that was different, dog. That's yeah. that's that's that was different. That was like ouch. That that's that hasn't happened in a long time in this lifetime in the United States. You know what I'm saying? Like when, when that shit got canceled, I was like, wow. Yeah. Fuck. That's crazy. Don't even get me started on the pandemic and how it affected and robbed the kids out of a good education. All right. Mm -hmm. It's robbing, it's robbing the kids. It's do they're doing the kids a disservice. All right. Yeah. The public school system is doing the kids a disservice. They have been robbed of their education this past eight months. All right. So, so think about this. Every like children right now has regressed. These past oh yeah, eight no. Uh, I think there was a survey that was just out yesterday or today that uh, four out of uh, ten kids are failing right now. How yeah, they are. Because you know, you know. Truth be told, not everybody learns the same way. If some people actually have to be conditioned. Some people, you know, you read the paragraph, you get it. Some people actually have to, you know, do it a few times to get it. So seriously, you, you're, you're going to have a bunch of kids at this point that aren't familiar with computers because they probably come from impoverished, you know, families that, you know, don't have computers or, you know, making this transition during the pandemic. It's, it's really painful because I know a lot of friends that, they've had so many of their kids break down cry over 
not being able to teach, you know, their kids just can't keep up in class. Yeah. And I remember in my early years of teaching, it's uh, there is a moment where you do realize as a teacher, you need to speak slowly. Yeah. You're not just whipping on through going, hey, buddy, what's going on? Yeah, yes, ready to read all this page or, you know, you have to slow it down for kids because, you know, you got to make sure that they're taking it in and that you're giving that unconditional attention that they need. No doubt, no doubt. No doubt, man. That's, and I, I give props to all the teachers out there. I want to give, I want to send love to all the behavior therapists, behavior aides, everybody working for the school districts, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I know that this has not been easy for the parents. This has not been easy for the staff. It has not been easy for the kids. We're all trying. We're mm-hmm. still a community. You know, we're not a perfect community, but we're trying. We're trying to make it work. You know what I'm saying? That, that's like you think. I'll tell you this, dog. You know what pisses me off? Mm-hmm. Fucking Joe, Joe Biden and, and what's his name? Fucking Trump. They mm-hmm. don't know what it's like right now for these parents for that the fact that they gotta they gotta pay for like babysitters or they gotta pay for childcare or they gotta miss work because no ain't nobody gonna be there for the kids. Like like it's it's causing a lot of dysfunction in the households, bro. Oh, you're not wrong at all. I mean it's think about a it. lot of tension. It's Have of both of these two people real really the choices we wanted? I mean, no. we go back four years ago. Were those choices the ones that we wanted to? No. It was and not. then let's just say you're a Republican. Let's go back even four more years. When you had Obama and uh, and Mitt Romney, right? Those weren't better, better things anyways. I mean, Obama obviously won for that. But I'm saying as in like, if you're a conservative, I'm like, you don't really have anybody to, you don't have a good group of people for your policies, policies that you're picking. You're just, these random dudes just show up. <laughs> Uh, I, I remember the the Republican Convention Center for uh, what uh, the the, R, the RNC what four years ago with all the idiots standing on there, <laughs> you know. I'm a I'm a decent human being, and it's the same thing that happened during this uh, political campaign. I had talked about earlier uh, throughout the year when um, when we were talking about the election before the pandemic hit. We were really just focusing on that. Uh, I remember you know following Andrew Yang earlier on in the show. Uh, and seeing where he was going with that. Uh, it was interesting to see an Asian guy. And then just pandemic hit. And then all the support for every, you know, all the other candidates were just dropping like flies. And I think it was just weird because you could only see who really had all the money. The DNC backed up uh, Biden with no problem. And during this whole period, I, I'm upset, you know, for, for many liberals. It's like he hid in the fucking basement. And then you're coming out and you're running, and I did, and, and we had two shitty ass debates. The American people do not deserve, you know, such such bullshit from both sides, with President and fucking Biden. You know that we had a shit show for a debate. I was really upset watching, you know, going through, you know, the country is going through turmoil, and we got, and we're we're looking at leadership right now. You right? know, it's so fucking stupid, dog. Like it's so fucking comedy, like. Today, I'm talking about today, mm-hmm. this motherfucker Trump had Little Pump speaking at his... <laughs> little Pump? <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe... Brother, like, I know this is not supposed to be comedy, uh-huh. but it's com- it's also comedy. Like, like, we're looking foolish right now, bro. 
Like we're looking crazy right now. We're bro. gonna look foolish, and then we're gonna look foolish for four more years. <laughs> we're gonna four, check, four check years this out. This is this is a fucking this is a disgrace to what our forefathers built. And like it's like this, bro. Like I, I don't want to get into it, man. It's a fucking circus, <laughs> and it's a and, and sometimes it's a good show. It, <laughs> but it but it affects all of us as Asian Americans because you know during this. Um, you know, which, which, you know, for other rappers, you know, that are going on during this time period, uh, there's another rapper from, uh, New York, <laughs> New York, who did the whole, uh, they can't burn us all movement. You remember uh, that one? Did you hear about that? I didn't even hear about that one. So like during the, like a lot of the Asian attacks on, you know, many attacks, uh, there was an Asian lady in New York, Brooklyn. And some kids came by, doused her with a little gasoline, and then lit a match, and she was on fire for a second on the uh, back. And so that kind of led a movement through rapper China Mac, who started, you know, this, and he came to San Francisco and did a, a little mini protest uh, uh, at the city hall. But it was hashtag under they can't burn us all, and just it's just an interesting thing where you're looking at, you know, we're, we're we have these weird hashtag movements and i'm a little weirded out by that because i'm like i know a some red, weird redneck or whatever wants to try to set us on fire that's the bad thing to happen at this point but it, it's but it's like it's a hashtag they can't burn us all i'm like i don't know if that's really what i want to stand with but at the same point i heard that i'm all like uh and and i see it reappear on social media on the facebook stuff and and it's it's just like I get it, but then I also feel like part of it, it's kind of like clout on China Mac trying to do his thing and trying to think of himself as a prolific rapper. I don't know him that well, but then it's like I'm seeing videos and I feel like it's it's more of like what he's doing. And I, I'm not knocking for what he's doing, but I, I think a lot of it is like he's from other artists that I've heard from. It's It's like Focus on your music. Don't spend too much time, you know, trying to project that thing onto people. I, yeah. I, think, that, I think that's what was going on. So from other artists, I'm, I'm just going to summarize in that form. But I, I'm just a little weirded out because I don't want people to even start thinking about that as a movement. <laughs> I know it's fucked up. There's a lot of hate crime going on for Asian Americans. And I'm very saddened to hear about that because, you know, getting spit on or pushed or beat up or socked in the face. Did you did you hear the other day? Uh, I don't know if you know who Uncle Roger is. You know exactly. he's like he's this like comedian in 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 uh, Great Britain, London. Okay. And, yeah. um, and he's just a, a comedy guy, and he did a, a funny review that got huge. He came he came famous a couple months ago. He he made fun of this girl making uh, fried rice, and and that's kind of how he kind of got famous. But he was a comedian yeah. already. But he just kind of did a review and like. What the hell? You put rice in a in a um, colander, and you rinsed it with water after you cooked it in a pan. Why would you yeah. rinse rice? Why would you wash <laughs> your rice first? Yeah, and it was, it was making fun of. It was it was a cultural appropriation conversation about who makes fried rice correctly because right, right, everybody right. makes everybody makes adobo differently. <laughs> Even though it's only got a few ingredients, <laughs> everybody makes it just a little different. But you got to have the core stuff. <laughs> exactly. Um, but he was making fun and whatever. But uh, the other day, he was just walking around from home after he went to the dentist, and somebody came by and said, "It's your fault," and then 
socked him in the face. No doubt. And he got a bloody lip. He was all over his social media and, and whatnot uh, on, on Instagram. And I'm like, great. And th- this has been a conversation because these last couple of weeks have been, there's been a little mini spike of attacks on Asian Americans and whatnot, or just Asians around the world. And it's 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 kind of discerning because I mean we're trying to we're trying we're asking for change like your song, and it's hard, you know how how can we keep asking you know for it if if no one's gonna listen and and you know I don't want to demand or punch or whatever and stuff like that I want people to kind of share their thoughts and whatnot. For sure, bro. You know what I mean? It, it it's it's just one of those things nowadays. It's it's kind of hard. Um, to kind of just get that get people to join along you know it's like you know learn about our culture i I mean i always had to learn about yours (laughs) i thought we were all going to learn about each other's stuff exactly so i don't know i mean i I don't know if you if you've uh, felt that down in southern california at this point or if you if you heard or noticed anything that's kind of happened, so it was one of those random questions I asked a while back. Notice what's up. Notice what in, in Southern Cali. What? Yeah, like if if you if there was like a rise, or is that something like a, a th- uh, something that you know threatens Asian Americans in Southern California? Well, I live in San Diego. Um, I haven't experienced like there's not too much like hate crime going on out here mm-hmm. towards Asians, but. Um, when the riots first happened, they did burn down a couple of banks out here in San Diego. Mm. Um, and I was thinking about this, bro. I was I was really thinking about this shit today, James. Like, mm. there's an Instagram page called Baller Alert. All right, Baller there's Alert. A, yeah, there's a, there's an Instagram page called Baller Alert. Okay. Okay. Man, I'm telling you, dog. Like, when when the George Floyd situation first happened. Mm-hmm. And people started and people started rioting. When people really started looting and started vandalizing and rioting and getting violent, like that Instagram page right there was showing some grimy, horrific, violent shit. Like, like a lot. Like, okay, we're explicit, were... so you can go into detail. <laughs> uh, we're explicit, so you can go into detail. We're gonna split this. What? We're explicit, so we can go oh, okay. into detail with this. <laughs> oh, yeah. So basically, like, I know that when you watch the news, they were showing some riot clips, too. Like, yeah, uh-huh. they were. They were showing riot clips and band- vandalizing, you know, like when people were breaking into the stores. No doubt. But then this, but this, oh, my God. This Instagram page right here mm-hmm. was, showing, was showing cops getting ran over. It was showing, like, a lot of crazy violent horrific things man and like i just remember watching it mm-hmm. it, it looked like a movie it looked like movies like when you see bad shit happening in movies like exploding or killings and and just like just violent stuff it looked like this shit look like the movies man and i'll never forget that feeling watching these things when the pandemic was happening you know like the pandemic was happening and then these these riots were happening like i don't know bro it was well i hope i hope we recover from this i hope this country really heals a lot there's a lot that went down bro fuck well you know it's 
it, a lot happened. A lot happened, bro. A lot. Man, I think there was there's so much little mini things happened. that have happened throughout um, the pandemic. Uh, I, I would say like each month has been something new and a challenge for everybody. You oh, said eight yeah, months, dude. right? I mean, first month, okay, we're gonna stay home. I'm gonna buckle up inside. Fuck, we're out of toilet paper. <laughs> Fuck, we're out of we're out of soap. We're out of sanitizer. Second month, we're going to make masks. That's how we're going to entertain ourselves. We're going to read a couple of books. And then like what, the, the following month, it's like, okay, we're going to do haircuts. My wife is going to cut my hair or my girlfriend's going to cut my hair. My, you know, like my friend's going to chop my hair off because no one wants to touch me right now. <laughs> you know, and everybody had that weird haircut for a minute. <laughs> yeah. I thought that was cool. No I, doubt. I, I just said, fuck it, I'm growing it out. <laughs> Me too. I grew mine out. Shit. Uh, I, I think, you know, coming out of COVID, most people either have the mullet, long 80s hair or 70s, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Everybody's I think one of the, there from the Bee Gees. I think one of the biggest blows was like, of course, it was one thing for people to like close down the bars, right? Mm. And it was another, it was another thing to close down the gyms, you know? When, when, when they closed down the gyms, it was like, damn, son, like, we got to run at the park. We got to work out at the park or we got to lift weights in, the, in our own garage right now or we got to just do what we got to do, you know? Oh, yeah, and then but you couldn't like, buy any weights. <laughs> Amazon you know? had nothing. And I remember when we, we were locked down for two months and then the government tried to open things up again. And when we opened things up again, more people got sick, so we closed down again. And then we fucking try to open up again. And now that it's opened up, opened up, I feel like people are still getting sick. And I don't know, bro. I, I got too much to say about all this bullshit. I don't know, bro. I'm, I'm really fucking... Uh, it's too much, doggy. It's too much. Oh, just, I mean, in California, not too long ago, I think it was just earlier, uh, there was like some, something that happened with the uh, Gavin Newsom today or yesterday. I think it was today. What happened? Um, where you know he was overexerting his 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 power as governor that you know he shouldn't have been able to do certain things. Um, it, it was like it was about him shutting down and then telling you what you could or couldn't do. Yeah. Like um, right now, the the thing about Thanksgiving that's being imposed is what uh, you can't sing. What? Yeah, like you could hang out with your family, no more than three families or something like that. And uh, you guys can only hang out for two hours and you guys can't sing. So I'm like, Christmas right. is like, what What the fuck? You can't sing because if you sing, you're not wearing a mask and you're spitting out shit and whatever. Um, fuck him. It, 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 it's it's kind of weird what's going on with that right now because you're kind of like, wait, what's going on here? And I, I just heard about this and I thought that was whatever... I was that he's he's overexerting his you know his 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 power as as fucking you know the governor and stuff like that. Uh, yo, I, yo, Newsom, you ain't gonna stop Filipinos from singing. I'll tell you that. <laughs> well, no, just for the he's talking about these holidays. It's like California theme parks may stay closed for a year. Says mayor of California's largest city. You know, get you know, it's in a letter to Gavin Newsom, he's like he's keeping certain places closed down and he's not giving. You know, like like moving into phases, like Disneyland isn't open right now and they're losing millions of dollars a day just not doing shit. And 
it's I, I guess because we want to keep this shelter in place and you know he is violating your rights from what i hear in the news this is just like sacramento news and whatnot newsom says california could move to a mail-in voting but it's it's mainly that yeah the the, the courts fucking you know, repealed him on on some stuff and that was mainly what's going on the court said he was overexerting his power for sure dude yeah civil unrest yeah and and you know the yeah this and you know not just just with him it's like you know we're watching the election tonight and you know if shit doesn't go the right way you know it gets scary because it's it's like we live here in the bay and you don't know if like they're gonna um burn down the place yeah it's one of the things that you know we people keep talking about it's like when when your team wins the wins the fucking game how come you guys all riot down in, in your own city and burn the yeah. fucking place down that's like that's fucking silly this is your home why would you burn somebody's car <laughs> and, and you, you know like there were like i think it was a couple of years back like uh, uh i forgot who won or there was a protest where somebody picks up one of the gates and tries to chuck it into the bus driver's window and and, right, uh, right, right. and um social media did its job defining who it was because you know like they, they everybody tried to use pictures to figure out who it was that did the destructive thing and then he got arrested but it, it was just it's just weird it's like why are we gonna riot in oakland if, if we don't get our way like your own city is pretty blue already why would you fucking burn your own place down that's just silly <laughs> you know it's like these people if you're saying these people are working for you why are you burning your own city down you would want it's like you would want to go to a red state and then burn their city down instead <laughs> but then that's a civil war exactly. <laughs> But exactly. yeah, but so in the first place, I would say just don't burn anything. Just you know, go out there and vote. <laughs> Make sure you did. Exactly. No it's, doubt, man. I, I mean, I've made many arguments about about voting, and I, and it's funny that I still know people that don't vote. Um, you know, 193 countries on this planet, man. 193 countries on this planet. You know, about 36 of them vote with freedom. You know. We're one of them. If you say your vote doesn't matter, I would say out of almost 200 countries and we're in the top tier of, of those countries, I would say your, 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 your vote does matter. It matters. Our vote matters, bro. Your vote matters. <laughs> but that's the thing. It it's, matters. It's about, it matters because you got to keep the process going. And that's, that's the thing. What's the whole purpose of keeping an, ide an ideology and the whole why, why we even do one? Is because we need to believe that it works. And it's that's a democracy. We it. Yeah, it's a democracy. You know At that moment, you're you're doing you're you know we're keeping that democracy alive, All right? You, that's why you vote. But you know, don't don't vote frivolously because you got to know that vote's important. I think that's I think that's what's important for Asian Americans because we we forget like you know we're about five point three percent in America out of three hundred and thirty million Americans. We're we're five we're five you know five point three percent. That's that's not a lot, but that's something. You know, it's about what roughly twenty-two million, I, twenty-two million Americans, Asian Americans. And I don't, and I don't mean to sound so cynical, bro. But even though our votes count, and even though we should vote because it is a democracy, whoever wins, it still doesn't guarantee any change. And what I'm saying, you know, you feel me? Mm -hmm. though, bro? No, no, like, I, I feel you on like, that. Who, who, you need to, like, you need to know that vote, it hits the, you. The vote. You need the to know that counts. it hits you, right? Yeah. 
the the vote counts, but whoever won the motherfucking votes, it still doesn't guarantee any changes in the country. Now, like I hope that we gotta do something about the like police reform. Oh yeah, I hope I that, that something needs to be done. I hope that something needs to be done to lower some of these fucking taxes. Something needs to be done for medical re for 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 Medicare and health insurance. Something needs to be done to lower down the college loans. Like there's some real issues that affect the country, man. Mm-hmm. We need changes, goddammit. We need changes. We need changes on the issues that really affect the everyday blue-collar working man. You know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. What the fuck, right? Come on. Well, th- that's kind of why it's like it's it's so maddening about Biden. I am he wasn't my first choice. There was tons of other people on the stage. Pete Buttigieg was one of them. There was, you know, besides Andrew Yang, you had, you had Tulsi Gabbard, you had Elizabeth Warren, you had, you know, for others it was Bernie. But I think it, it's it's funny because it's like you you know, it's like Biden. Are you going to try to get stuff through, and are you going to get stuff passed? Because you know what I'm saying. You, you know, Trump does. Trump called you out on something, and he does have a point. You might not like it from him, but it is a point that should make you think as a voter. This dude's been around for 47 years, and we have a lot of motherfuckers like Mitch McConnell that's been around for 40 something years. You got like Nancy Pelosi that's been around, Chuck Schumer. All these people have been around forever. We need new blood, and if you want change to happen, you got to vote these motherfuckers out. I don't understand exactly. why we. Well, I don't understand why we keep all these old motherfuckers around. I'm not saying that they're not smart or, or their old oligarchy is what's keeping our fabric of our country together. No, that's bullshit. It's the, you know, how you know, like these terms. If if a if a president's four years and then you don't ever see him again, then why does a senator keep doing more after more after more after more? It should be. You know, you do it for maybe, you know, a decade of your life, maybe two decades. That's it. Fair enough. You did two decades from your 20s to your 40s. That's some that's some service there. But then it's like you 60, 70. And, and it's like, dude, you should be retired after 65. Retired for as a politician. You shouldn't yeah. be as old as you are. And and it's funny because it's like I'm not shitting on people that are 65 and up. I'm saying it's like. At what moment is decline? for somebody like you know these two whoever finishes are going to be the oldest presidents for the next four years <laughs> you know what i mean and and that's that's fucking funny as fuck to me because it's like you know no matter how we look at it it's still gonna be old motherfuckers running us <laughs> so like for me I like i want change i want young people to run i want like i i was i had the hots for tulsi gabbard she's from hawaii you know I didn't really, you know, I I had the hots for her and, you know, it was confusing for me because she, during the elections, she was, uh, she was pushing against the Hillary. Right. You know, she got in a scuffle. Hillary's not even running, but she got in a scuffle with her. That was weird. (laughs) Right, right, right. And she's like, she's trying to come after me. I was like, what the fuck? (laughs) You know, there's so many people running. It was a fucking shit show. And, and, And if you follow, if you followed you know, the earlier 20-something, 30-something people that were running, it was a fucking shit show on That's the Democratic crazy, side. And and it's, it's funny as fuck because, you know, call, you know, like the oh, VP, dude, fuck. that's one of the other things, the VP, Kamala Harris. I, I know some people are fans of her, some people aren't. But 
Really? We had to pick her for VP? I'm still a little mad about that. We could have picked somebody else for that. We had other we had other options there. I don't know. I'm I'm not a big fan of Kamala. And and and, and the fact that and the fact that she's that you know if they win, it's just for her for me, I just feel like it's so undeserving. Real. That that's my only thing. I just feel it's so undeserving for her to become, you know, VP. Why do you say that? Undeserving? Well, yeah. you know, Tulsi Gabbard called her out on, on stage. It's like, you know, you talk about smoking pot when you're in college, but, you know, the music of, of Tupac and you in college don't line up when you say you were smoking pot. And when you did that, you laughed on, on The Breakfast Club and you put all these black people in fucking prison for smoking marijuana and shit like that. So, you, you know, you're a fucking hypocrite. That's, that's why I didn't like her for that. She did a lot of, she did a lot of disservice for Californians in her, in wow. her reign. And, and that, that goes both ways on her for, for being a DA. She, she made a lot of small little crime that really hurt a lot of people. And for her to just kind of sneak her way on up, for me, I, I think that's just the American, the American public deserves a better VP. That's just, that's me personally. No, speak on it, man. It's all good. I'm just saying, I'm just saying, you know, it's, it's I mean, I, I, I follow and, and everybody's entitled to their opinion, but I just, I'm not a fan of her. And dude, if, if Biden fucking dies, dude, she's automatically your president, man. <laughs> Completely undeserving. Like she, she ran out of money. You, did you know that? No. She ran out of money during the, the campaign. But really? she had, she attacked she literally attacked Biden, saying that he's a racist and he allowed segregation to happen during his rule, which is true. And then she ran out of money to continue running her campaign, and then Biden picked her up as her VP right afterwards. So it's to me, it's kind of stark on how like how divisive the the DNC is is for its you know it's just when you say like you know when you say uh, when you said earlier how it's fucked up. You know that that the establishment does these things. Well, you know, the simplest thing I, I can answer with is it's just strictly business. Oh yeah, I hate that shit. Yep. It's just strictly business. There's no mm -hmm. values, no nothing. It's just strictly business. And when has it ever not been? It's America, bro. It's a capitalistic country. Love and hate it. Love and hate it. If you say you don't understand why I say love and hate, it's because you get that shit on Amazon Prime quickly in two days. <laughs> That's the part that you love, but you hate everything else. <laughs> like you like getting it now. That's what's great about America. You get it now. But Man, I, I wonder who huh? I wonder who's winning. I wonder who's winning right now. Uh at a quick glance. From what I'm seeing here, Google tells me, but it's not all through, but but uh, California automatically just came in. You know, it's a 60, 68% Biden and 30% uh, Trump. So, wow. so yeah. that's California, obviously. So it's 57% of the report. So Biden has 213 right now. And Trump is still waiting for a lot of his other states, I guess, to see if they, that he might win because they're kind of still partially red. Um it uh, he has 118 right now and you know the time for us it's about nine o'clock and you know mm -hmm. that we're just gonna see but we're not i don't think we're gonna really know tonight because it's gonna be by tomorrow morning 
ish and most of the it will still be counting like at 80 percent or like 70 percent because california's do california's polls just closed right now wow so you know that's why I like most of it won for california because this is early voting mm-hmm. for every from everybody i mean you know with 40 million you know think about how many people voted in california real quick there's 40 million people here okay Mm-hmm. 10 million are kids and old people so kids are about roughly 4 million and old people are about 60 or mm-hmm. we can flip that around and say about six or four i was just say, flip it around because you know it's a it's a dying population no pun intended um <laughs> uh so about 4 million seniors that are, are still voting assuming that they vote and then the other 30 million that is the working population that can vote so we'll say about 34 billion. And right now we are at roughly, so about 34 million people can vote in California, right? Mm-hmm. So I just say 30. Right now there only, there's about roughly 10 million people mm-hmm. that voted. So two thirds of Californians did not vote yet. Yet, fuck, it's already nine o'clock though. Can they we only have vote? one third. We'll, no, no, you're done, it's done. So. We need to count the. We need to count how many people vote in California. That's really what it comes down to. Mm. So I mean, I mean, just random, random numbers in my head since I'm just whatever my numbers. But yeah, forty million America uh, Californians, ten uh, ten millions about seniors and old people. So we'll say about four, and there's thirty million uh, America uh, Californians here. Now I don't know how many of that is immigrants. So I will subtract and say five million there. So I could still see easily say thirty million. So 30 million generally, and assuming that if half vote, that's 15, right? Yeah. That's 15, that, you know, that's 15 million. So we've got about 10 million people. <laughs> so that, that so that really tells me that, you know, about 30 something percent, 38% or about almost 40% of a Californians maybe might vote. Might vote. That's where we're at, Californians. Man, oh man. I'm going to say about 36 to about 39% of California has voted. So that's, that's still a lot. That's, you know, but that's that one in three. We're almost so let me ask you this. Mm-hmm. So what city do you live at, bro? I live out in East Bay. Nice. Um, uh, like, you know, over by the Oakland, Berkeley kind of side. Out over here. Um, you know, Richmond. That that north uh, north uh, that north bay, I, I usually explain it to people that way so they don't get confused. <laughs> kind of just work your way out that way, um, but yeah, like I mean, out here it's it's the weather's getting better. Nice, I will say that much. <laughs> uh, but I don't know how it is for. Um, I, I just don't know how Californians are going to end up doing doing the things that we're going to do because yeah, we, we still got to figure out how to get out of this and like with Gavin Newsom really dealing with how we're, we're going to stay closed. No stimulus. People needed money. I don't know how you felt about that, you know, and and did you do anything good with it? <laughs> My stimulus check? Yeah, I, I know for a lot of people it was like rent and it was gone. Mm, what did I do with that? Probably rent. Uh, I saved the rest, but you know, I ended up spending it. Yeah, I 
didn't do anything with it. I think I threw it in the stock market and watched and watched Bitcoin eat it. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, no, something like that. I did something with it. I, I actually, I, I'm a big believer of a uh, passive income, so I kind of just uh, threw it in a, like a bunch of ETFs for, for you know, stocks and bonds, and I just kind of wait. I'm just going to wait for the dividends to come back on it. Just in case, just in case California ever asked me, like, you need to give me back that, you know, $1,200. I'd be like, cool, here you go. You can have it back. I just, I'm just keeping the interest I got off of it. <laughs> <laughs> but that, that's, that's another thing on itself. Cause I, I knew a lot of people out here in the Bay area, you know, like, you know, it was, it was, it was weird. Cause you know, you, how COVID starts, it was 25%, which is one in four. And then all of a sudden went to one in three. Exactly. That didn't have a job, and you know it, it's 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 still so hard because we're we wanted to wait for a stimulus, right? And that didn't mm -hmm. happen because of this election. We're like, oh fuck it, we're not going to do any of that. And you know, my, my major issue, like I think, with this whole election and how we're coming down with the with where we're going, I think it's just that we need to remind people again and again about change is that you need to hold your leaders accountable. Mm. it's not it's it's not playing to the basketball game where it's like it's a, it's your side my side it's just a fucking game it's our fucking country it's not a fucking game it's making sure that your values and whatever you believe in that you hold your 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 fucking leaders accountable like things that pissed me off during covid i'll tell you straight up like like when nancy pelosi and like there was a couple of her shit that the fucking had me shits and giggles all upset and shit I wasn't triggered by it, but I'm like, for reals? Like, you got caught in the in San Francisco doing your fucking hair and not wearing a mask? Really? And then, and then she goes, oh, they set me up. They set me up. Oh, my God. Get the fuck out of here with that shit. And then when everybody was struggling and no, uh, it was uh, April, right? No, the stimulus hasn't come out yet, right? And everybody's broke as fuck. No toilet paper, no soap. They, there, there's an interview with her, and it's fucking like Cribs. You remember that show, Cribs? Yeah. Right? She fucking, like, opens up her refrigerator, refrigerator and she's, like, she's got, like, four or five different kinds of fucking gelato, chocolate ice no. cream. And she's like, look, I really love chocolate. Like, look at my fucking pimped-out house and shit. You know, while everybody else is fucking starving, you're talking about how much you love chocolate ice cream. <laughs> like... That's kind of why it's like, yeah, I, like when when we say like, I don't want fucking these leaders up on my on, you know, running the show forever. I want young blood. I don't need to agree with them, but at least we know that the process is working. Exactly. Right. I, I think there should be a term limit for all these motherfuckers. It's like, you know, if a president does eight years, you guys, you know, you guys get to whatever terms it is, or you know, no more than so many terms. But Jesus, we need to come with with the number because I'm so sick and tired of Mitch McConnell, and I'm so sick and tired of Nancy Pelosi. And I'm sick and tired of all these old motherfuckers that have power. Exactly, man. They just have power over the new incumbents. They have power over the new, you know, senators, representatives. And it just, it fucking boggles me. It's like, did you come, you know, like, I thought we were sending these representatives to do shit for us. And what the fuck do they do? They go there and then they get, they dress up. Right. Exactly. They go there and then they dress up and then they don't do shit. I'm telling you, they're all about marketing, promoting. Well, they keep asking you for more money that you don't have. 
<laughs> exactly, dog. And that's old money too. Like they they're sitting on some old money. A lot of these people in power, man, that's been passed down from family to family, bro. It's all family. It's it's like, you know, you know how they got up there. It's family, yeah. you know. Um, I, you know that that being said, it's like, you know, with with all the family that moves, you know, that moves them, it's like, it's funny how our education system keeps us dumb. On that. Because, you know, you have all these motherfucking rich ass people and they hire straight up private educators to keep them, you know, in the know. Like, this is how you're going to run the family business. Right. And then, you know, here, you know, we complain for years as educators and, and everybody, you know, on the streets. It's like, how come nobody ever taught us finance when we were in schools? It's because we they don't want to. That's how they keep you struggling. They make sure that you're not, right? You're right. And that's, it's, it's a very sad notion. Like, you know, we want change to happen, but it's like, how is change supposed to happen when like 58% of Americans don't even have credit? Right. 59% and rising. It's, it's like, okay, so that means about 40% of people generally know how to use their fucking money. And then 60% of Americans fucking, I'm just rounding up, you know, are bad with money. It's, it's really sad. And, and it's like you're not educated on how to do that deal with it and it's like how is our nation supposed to move forward if everybody's bad with money i know right <laughs> right i mean you know it's like you know you know if you're a father and, you, and your wife is working and you're a husband you're working and you know your kids are finally able to work and everybody pulls in their money we're gonna be like a lot better off but it's like no it's like i just work and all you motherfuckers just eat off of me and you don't want to work and and then we're all just fucked at that point <laughs> it's 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 just really fucked up where we are and and then i don't know these elections are so weird right but i mean you having your podcast uh on md how how um how has that come to be for you as far as like the experience mm-hmm. of how it's been like yo man i really love my people's stories i've got a chance to interview some business owners like for example my homie Nick, he started the vegan food delivery business. So that's really awesome just to see people's transformation. Mm-hmm. Um, I've got a chance to interview nurses that's just been speaking about their experience during this whole COVID. Um, <clears throat> I'm just inspired by their stories, man, because I feel like I respect the grind of the everyday people, bro. Like, fuck all this rap shit fuck all this entertainment shit you know i feel like the grind of my everyday people is just much more important like my front lines you know what i'm saying like like people serving the community you know like i've been interviewing artists from the bay area you know just been interviewing artists from seattle just Mm -hmm. hearing about their experience i get a chance to hear about like the hip-hop history of the hometowns that they come from. And I'm just interested in all these stories. And honestly, it's giving me inspiration for the next album, you know? It's just a good time for me right now to just, you know, the album came out three months ago. It's a good time for me to just decompress because Mm -hmm. I I did about a hundred songs. And I feel like, you know, it's not a writer's block. I mean, I'm still writing, but Mm -hmm. I just need to take a little break and just live life a little bit again. So I, I have more stuff to rap about. 
but the podcast has really been doing good, man. I'm 15 episodes deep right now. Mm-hmm. MD pod, MD podcast, all those tuning in. You can you can cash out on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. And mm-hmm. um, I'm really, I'm really, I'm really happy about this time of my life. About this, uh, you know, this change. You know, I went from rapping to acting to podcasting. You know, so I'm just like trying to evolve every day, dog. You know. No, that's cool because I mean, like, and then you got picked up and you got sponsored. So, I mean, that's great. Yes, sir. You know, even when you're talking about actors earlier, you know, everybody's acting and stuff like that. Um, when did you, like, you know, after what started your acting career, you know, when did you know that like, I wanted to do this? Well, I always did theater in high school. Oh, cool. Um, and even in first year of college, like, I was. I got I got a lead role for this play in college. Uh, I mean, there's this cultural night called PCN, and mm-hmm. um, I I got the lead role for the skit. So it's like I always did it, but you know, music took my life somewhere else, and I I've been rapping since I was 15 years. I mean, I've been rapping since I was 10, but like ever since I was 21, I've been dropping albums ever since. So li- like life just took a different turn for me. But at around um, when did you come back to I, it? I dropped my ninth album in 2017, mm-hmm. and I was I was hitting the road till 2018. Um, I got burned out. I think I got a little tired of the music industry. I got sick of it. Mm-hmm. Um, I started taking acting classes again. So I did it for about six. I did acting classes for six months. But while I was doing acting classes, I was definitely like auditioning for theater already. So shouts to Community Actors Theater in San Diego. So yeah, I was doing like, I got, I did Hamlet. Um, and I did oh, wow. like other, I did like other like indie, indie like plays in San Diego. And um, I was doing short films. I was doing short films around that time too. And then like, by the time that I auditioned for this movie, it's called The Year I Did Nothing. I was in my first play, but I auditioned for this and we shot it in um, LA and uh, it really did well, man. It's out on Amazon Prime. It's called The Year I Did Nothing, directed by Anna Barreto. It's won some awards and like film festivals and it was played, it got out there in the Philippines and Guam and PBS. Oh, wow. Um, You know, there's like, we did a lot of like indie film premieres in LA uh, it got out there to uh, New York, Seattle, Frisco, you know, Man, North Carolina. Guy. It got out there. I'm saying like, no, I'm not. Well, shouts to the whole cast and the whole yeah, film. Yeah. Like, the film got out there and the film got busy. And like, um, I was really, I was really humbled, man, that I was a part of it. So that was a good experience, dog. And the only reason why I'm not doing theater right now is because the fucking pandemic shut down the theaters. Yeah, so, it's really, it's really hard because. I mean, have you have you been tested or, or you know, have, have you done the, the thing I up have, your nose or? I have, man. I have. Yep, I came out negative. Um, so yeah, bro. Like, uh, I think that's what led to the podcast too. I figured, you know what? There's no shows right now. Mm-hmm. There's no theater. There's no theater plays right now. I got to do something else. I want to have another outlet to express my my words and just just have other people express their stories. So that's when MD Podcast came about. But I'm definitely, dog, I'm, I'm going to be honest, like, 
by no means I never meant to be a journalist because I, I really take it seriously, man. Like I yeah. really do research. I really do research on my guests and like hopefully you can check out one of the episodes and like I was um I really take it seriously and I I wouldn't be doing it without the influence of people like Nori and Drink Champs, you know. Mm-hmm. I I love Rick Rubin's podcast. I like I love Mike Tyson's podcast. Yeah, Mike Tyson. <laughs> I fuck I fuck with Joe I fuck with Joe Rogan. I fuck with Joe mm-hmm. Rogan. Um I like the Breakfast Club sometimes, you know, sometimes. Well, I think that's what makes you, a, you know, a better podcast uh, podcaster because you are checking out how other podcasts are being done. It it does help kind of craft what, you know, that niche is for everybody. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I, I'm really influenced by them. And I love seeing rappers do podcasts, man. I love it. I love it. I love it, man. We're from the same cloth. I love it when they see my fellow MCs doing podcasts. I feel uh-huh. like it's a natural evolution. I feel like, I don't know, it's a natural <laughs> evolution, man. It's just a natural thing. I wouldn't be surprised if a rapper wanted to act, and I wouldn't be surprised if a rapper wants to do a podcast. You know what I'm but saying? Wouldn't, like, wouldn't that go as hand in hand as being an MC you're, you're, you're as well? Because, I mean, it, it it's rooted in that, too, because you, you got to, you got to, you got to, you know, you're the, the, the conductor i think so i think if you have confidence to rock the stage i think you, you have the confidence to do an interview mm-hmm. so uh, i mean like what what are the uh, next couple uh seasons looking like for you at this point uh, so you just finished your recent season or oh man for um i got about 15 episodes on season one right now mm-hmm. season season one's not done yet um, I got about up to episode 40 right now, just edited, ready to go. We're just right on one, one push of a button, it's already like, but I got till episode 40 edited already. But I figured I'm gonna close out season one when 2020 ends and start mm-hmm. season two when 2021 starts. So I got about two more months of season one, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. Uh, forty episodes deep. I'm just, I'm just trying to expand, trying to keep building it. Yeah, just trying, trying to keep getting different, different markets, different audience, like from filmmakers to actors, social workers, nonprofit organizations. Um, yeah, dog. Like, of course, rappers. Of course, of course, yes. MCs. Of course, producers. Mm-hmm. You know. Um, artist management, graphic designers, uh, jiu-jitsu, Brazilian jiu-jitsu fighters, jiu-jitsu Those are always, those are always interesting guys to have on. <laughs> Mar- martial arts, you know, um, MMA fighters, MMA instructors. Uh, yeah, I- I've had some, I- I've, I've had some pretty diverse guests and I'm really proud of that, you mm. know, like, uh... I've met a lot of people in this industry, man, and I'm not. That's not. I'm not trying to stunt. I'm just saying, like, oh yeah, I'm no. Th- I'm I'm 36. I've been in the industry nonstop since I was like, I've been, you know, since 21. But like, I came across a lot of people in this journey that that I'm fortunate enough that they kept in touch. Mm-hmm. And when it was when it was time for me to reach out to do the podcast. They definitely like said yes with no hesita- with no hesitation. You know? I'm, yeah. I'm really happy about that. That's always good. Yeah, no, it's 
it was kind of like how when I first started one of my first rock shows, it's kind of the same idea of like, oh my God, how are you going to do this? And then you find you, you, you land your first two bands and you're like, oh shit, it's just like how they say it in the movies. You know, once you, once, once you build it, they will come. Yeah. No you know, and, and I think it's a good way. It's a really great feeling to have because uh, I've been very fortunate with this podcast and, you know, the amount of, you know, people that I've, I've met across my lifetime. And just the support that I've been getting from all kinds of friends, and yeah, I, 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 um, I was getting ready to go on vacation this coming up week, and and doing some uh, some time away from the, the show and whatnot. But it, it was a, uh, I was very fortunate to come across you uh, through Chris because he mentioned me, uh, uh, mentioned you to, uh, about me. Well, well he mentioned oh, yeah. he, it was the other way around. I'm sorry, he mentioned about you to me, and I was like, oh, cool. I'll um, I'll have to re I'll reach out because I am getting ready to head down that way. This coming weekend, I'll be out that way, uh, out in like LA area and stuff like that. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna go actually swing by and say hi to a good a good friend slash cousin slash my other counterpart. Uh, I'll leave it at that. <laughs> he'll know he'll know what's going on, but uh, it, it's it's just it's just interesting because the amount of people that you you'll you'll keep meeting during these podcasts, these things do really help. You know, it's to to vent, to get things out. It's a it's kind of a, a way to really clarify and keep a clear mind of who you're talking to sometimes. Because it's just seriously, it, it's uh, mm. you, you know, it's like you don't expect like I'm gonna be talking to a bunch of people all the time, different people all the time. Because I think a lot of us we go through our lives and we and we talk to only a few people over and over again, and it, and it can really, you know. It can be really, uh, uh, I don't know, stale sometimes. <laughs> yeah, man. I think diversity helps building the podcast, um, attracting different audiences, and hopefully that they subscribe. Hopefully they keep in touch oh, and yes, they stay. like MD Podcast. Thank you very much, man. And keep fucking with the homie James podcast too. You know, you know what I'm saying. Keep keep doing this shit, man. I'm I'm glad to see a fellow. A fellow Asian American brother doing it, man. Word up. No, I, and and that's that's kind of why it's like I'm, I'm. You're actually one of the first other podcasters that I've had. Uh, I know there's another comedian that I, I had on the show not too long ago. He's working on his podcast as well, and it, it's it's great that a lot of people are turning to them because I think, in many ways, we need content. Let me ask you this, man. Yeah. I noticed you mentioned you, you're looking, you always look at things from a comedic standpoint, from being a stand-up comic, right? No, no, so I'm how, not. I'm not. Oh, okay. I've had, I've had a lot of comedians on my show. Yeah, a comedian recently, I, I, I said, uh, it was actually Steve Lee. He was getting, uh, he's in Hong Kong right now uh, at the moment, but he's getting ready to start a podcast as well. And I said, yeah, sure. I'd definitely be down to help you out with your, uh, your podcast. Because I think it's, it's a great way to start a journey. That's that's how I see it as a podcast nowadays. It's a journey of if you stick and be diligent and you stick at it, and that's kind of the same thing I would say to you too. It's like yeah, just keep doing it, man. Yeah. That that I think that's one of the major uh, holes in a uh, in anybody's uh, a podcast or, or thing that they do. It's it's just doing the next episode. It's the same thing about being an artist. It's creating that next song, doing it out of love, passion, and you know, all the things that you do it for. Amen. Amen. Right. You know what I'm saying? 
And of course, like if our intentions are right, if our if our energy's right, our intentions right, the episode's always gonna come out sick and passionate, you know, because like people know when they're listening to fake shit and people know when they're listening to real shit. They know when it's coming from the heart and they know when it's not, you know what I mean? Um, and for me, like when I started this show, it's like I used to work with a lot of Asian Americans out here in the Bay Area, uh, where we uh, you know, talk about uh, as a former, you know, creative director for uh, an entertainment organization called Rama, you know, we used to do like these platforms where we did shows for, um, you know, in all, in all kinds of venues. And I would constantly look for artists to come and perform, you know, showcase them at, at our show. Right. And, you know, I love being that stage manager where I used to, you know, put this up. And I felt like since, you know, many years ago when I used to do all these shows and rock festivals and stuff like that, uh, I miss I miss doing it, and I feel like that that connection for a lot of Asian Americans, uh, not whether Filipino, Chinese, Korean, Japanese, Vietnamese, Southeast Asian, and if I feel like I'm missing anybody, Indian, and whatnot, I I think that we need to have more voices and a more platform for them because, you know, it, it's it's really hard. It's really hard. I mean, um, I think for, even for me to try to get to, you know, know you and, and understand, it's like, I can only study so much at the same point. It's like, you know, what's your favorite color? <laughs> it's, it's just asking some, just being real about it. It's not, it's letting somebody know that you can be you and on a show, right? No doubt, man. How about you, man? How many episodes you got in? Um, I've got about 40 episodes for this year. Uh, and then so far right now, yeah, um, this would be, uh, this is episode 35. Um, and I just do once a, uh, one a week. That's pretty much how I've been doing it with my busy schedule, but you know, it's, it's one of those, it's, it's the only way that I feel that as a platform, I'm, I'm trying to do the best I can for all, a lot of actors and artists that, you know, are using other, what Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, Everybody does their handle. And I've been very fortunate to be across a bunch of platforms. I got picked up, you know, with, with uh, you know, like Spotify and and uh, uh, Pandora, Apple, and all those other things. It's just like, it's kind of weird because when you're getting picked up with the platforms, it's like collecting all the infinity stones. Right. Right. It's like, I got the soul stone. I got them all. <laughs> it's, it's, it's funny, but at the same point, it's also interesting because when you're looking at analytic, you're also looking at like who listens. And, you know, this is like that shout out, like to the group of the people in like France, you guys are fucking awesome, man. Thanks for listening to the show. And the people in the Philippines and the people in Taiwan, you guys are awesome. Thanks for listening. I didn't even know it went that far. And I didn't think it was just a, a bay. Like when I started the show being in the Bay Area, I just thought I was going to interview Bay Area people, but it just, you know, started panning out different. I started interviewing people that, you know, through Zoom and, but not like from like Hong Kong, you know, to Japan, to fucking New York and then and LA and whatnot. And it's just, it's been really interesting because you do find yourself planning, you know, it's like, like a late show. And, and it's, it's just, it's just great because you catch people at an interesting time. Yeah, man, it's been really cool. Yeah, I bet you people like, you know, my goal is for have people to feel like it's therapeutic too and it feels good to tell their story, make them feel good to tell their story out loud, you know, make them feel like the story, the hero in their own story. That's my goal as a journalist, you know, 
make them feel like they're a hero in their own story. And that's going to make them feel more comfortable to share, you know what I'm saying? So for me to ask you, um, what, uh, what do you see yourself by next year? What, what's a projection or something that you'd like to see yourself changing or coming up with that's going to be a little different from where your show is now? How do you see yourself in growth? Um, for the podcast or just in general? Uh, for your music and your podcast. Yeah. Whatever you want to talk I, about first. As an artist, man, I really want to put out another mixtape by summer of 2021. Okay. Um, as far as the album, realistically, my album just came out three months ago. So realistically, man, I'm probably not going to put out another album until 2022. But mm -hmm. for 2021, at least one more mixtape. Um, on the acting tip, um, if there's no theater, if theaters are still canceled, I think I'm ready to start auditioning for like for roles again, if there's auditions available. But on the podcasting tip, um, it's gonna be the season two for AMD Podcast when 2021 begins. Right now, I still got about, um, I still got to put out from from episode 16 to episode 40. I hope I can put all that out by the time 2020 ends so I can finish off season one. But I just really want to start booking more interviews because I believe the best way to do this is just get the interviews recorded, keep them in the stash of the library, and just keep them in the stash. Just keep recording interviews, but keep them in the stash. That's how I've been doing it. You know, like, mm -hmm. so I feel like I'm a little bit. I'm a little bit ahead on schedule right now, but it's mm -hmm. all good because I feel like I got a lot of work done that's just saved in my in my folder. So um, I just want to keep booking interviews, man. Like, um, I just think, I think this, I think this election coming up tonight, mm -hmm. this ele this election coming up tonight and tomorrow, I think it's gonna change the course. And I, I really want to get another brand new set of interviews where people can talk more about their frustrations, you know, and, you know. Well, I hope I, I hope in the next four years that we're going to be talking about healing at this point, because it's it's how we're going to come back and, you know, about loss. Right. What we, yeah, man. You know, family loss. And, and I hope that, you know, we find out that like, oh, this is going to help people get their shit together and, you know, have that action plan or whatever that is. I, 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 200,000 people, man. So, yo, James, yo, back, so back to you real quick. Yeah. So, yo, you, you, you got, this is the 35th episode. You've got 35 episodes for your podcast so far. Yeah. That's pretty fucking for, uh, for, Oh, for this year. Yeah. I, I mean, I filmed some other stuff the, the previous year, but I didn't, I didn't release any of that. That was just, you know, me as growth goes and find and, ch and change and just trying to craft how the show goes. And your next episode drop your episode 36 drops next week. Uh yes. Dope. Dope. And usually, yeah, you, yeah, usually every episode takes a uh, goes through, you know, um, you know, goes through me for editing and then goes to my other two editors. And then, you know, we we'll post everything up. And you know, I I have a wonderful guy, um, Jump, who's been very helpful to me and and my other boy Willie, who who's been helping me with a lot of designs and stuff like that. I started this podcast from one of the, uh, another friend who started a podcast who got me on their show. And I kind of did a, a co-hosting thing for a minute before I, you know, last year, before I started my own show. 
Nice. So it, it's it's been an interesting thing because it's really hard to figure out if you decide whatever you're doing with with your show. It's like where you're going with it. And and for me, it's like yeah, it's like it's great to know that you're a rapper, and it's also interesting how you know you made the transition to be a podcaster because this is kind of what it is. Podcasting is podcasting. <laughs> yeah, man, it's been fun. It's been really fun. I love it. All right, so we're gonna finish up with the uh, the show today. We're gonna start our review with things we uh, dislike and things that we like. Um, mm -hmm. As most of my guests have been on my show many times before, um, you know. We talk about things that we've liked so far about 2020, whatever happened this last month, something that you dislike and what you've seen, bad, poor behavior that's been happening around you. Um, MD, you want to tell me uh, what's your first dislike or what grinds your gears? About 2020? Yeah. Um, I didn't like it when people resorted to violence to get their point across this year. There was a lot of clips and images of people using violence to, to get their point across, you know? I didn't like that. Um, yeah, no, I'm I, not a big fan of propaganda. You're, Because, you know, pictures get a thousand words. Um, Another one? A lot of racism this year. A lot of racism came out of people's mouths this year. I think maybe they were racist all along, but I think this year, it was a year that they let it out and let it be known. And um, not that not that it grinds my gears. I'm just disappointed. Like, eh, I guess that's how you really feel, huh? Yeah. I guess for me, uh, something that, that kind of uh, irks me is how this election my, my uh, grinds my gears. This election has led a lot, uh, it's, it's knowing a lot of good people that I, I like that aren't voting. And that, that, that kind of hurts. Really? It, it's because for me, it's like, you get to do it. And one of the things that's silly was like proposition, uh, I believe it was 16 or no, 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 uh, 17. Or was it 18? I think it was, I think it was 18. It was the one where, you know, people that were uh, parolees, or was that Proposition 20? Um, you know, that they, you know, hopefully that they'll get their rights to vote again, even though they're still serving time. It's a conversation that needs to be had. Uh, you know, if, if you, you know, some people believe that you have to serve your debt to society before you get to vote. And I'm not saying to the people that have never committed any crime, but like you get to vote, but you just choose not to. I think that's silly. Like some people um, want to vote and can't even vote because of that. Can I ask you something? Yeah. How many arguments have you had with people this year because of politics? Oh, I don't say they're arguments. It's just sharing ideas. Uh, you know, you want to know where people stand and why people believe what they believe. But has it ever gotten heated? Has it ever gotten kind of like, you know, you know how it is. Bro. Well, people like, get triggered on their own forms, but I think it's just questionable as in like, I think for you to just ask yourself like what your values are and then, and not impose your values on somebody else. Because I mean, it, that, that's what it comes down to. It's like religion. Politics and religion are just kind of the same. You might believe in something different than the other person. You might be a Christian. He might be a Catholic. You just, you know, you might share the same experiences, but just, you know, your views are just a little different. That's all. 
What's your nationality, James? I'm Chinese American. Dope. You know, ABC, right? Is that what they call it? <laughs> Back in the day, American born Chinese. Right on, right on. Um, and then, and you're naturally from what? Born and raised? Because I'm from St. Louis. So I was born in the Philippines, but I moved to the U.S. in 1995. Okay. And were you in straight to Southern California, or were you in another state or, or another city straight before to, where you are? Straight to Oxnard. Mm. That's a beautiful place out there, though. I have driven Thank by you. many times. I had a couple of good friends living out there, and and they have some wonderful well, taquerias, I hear. <laughs> no doubt. No doubt. Hey, so when did your when did your mom and dad um, migrate from China to here? Um, it was during the Vietnamese, you know, uh, the Vietnam War. So they uh, when they took the refuge coming from Hong Kong, and then they were waiting to see what country would take them. So my parents were at a point a standstill, and they ended up coming to America, and they just so happened to land in middle of America. And that, that's the story there. <laughs> and, and that was pretty much how that goes. Uh, my older sister was uh, born in Hong Kong. And I pretty much uh, planted the seed for my parents to be in America. <laughs> so wait, I'm sorry, if you don't mind me asking. Yeah. So they're from Hong Kong. How were they affected by the Vietnam War? Were they, like, how did that work out? Well, you know, so a lot of people don't realize during the 70s, China was still really redeveloping itself and they were going through that red guard. And, you know, that red guard was pretty much socialism turning into communism. And, you know, pretty much middle school kids were ratting on their parents, telling them that they weren't, you know, that that, that they were, uh, was it, uh, not bureaucrats, the bourgeoisie, that's the word I'm looking for. Uh, they, they, you know, the bougie people. That's where that word comes from, bougie, bourgeoisie. So um, all these educators and whatnot were stripped from their home. All the money and wealth from they had were taken away to create equality. And that's, right. that's what happened in China. And Mao did that to everybody. And people would shame you and all that stuff. And people served jail time right around the early 70s. So a lot of people from southern China fled during that period. Because people forget China became a country in 49. Right. So it's only it's only been around for so many years. And, and that was after the war. And China wasn't a country until 49 through Mao. It was like it was a couple like 40, 50 years of upheaval, you know, with like mongrel, mongrel you know, leaders, general dictators and stuff like that in China. They were all like these small little mini things. But anyway, not random random history lesson. Um, parents ended up in fucking, uh, you know, middle of America. And I just so happened to end up out here for college. <laughs> do you miss, do you miss Missouri? No, not, not really. Cause I mean, you know, it, it, no matter how you look at it, you're, you're, you know, being a, you know, everybody travels and some people never get to travel and some people do. And, and I would tell everybody travel, learn more about the world after COVID, but <laughs> right. But, you know, that's the, that's the only way that, you know, you ever get to really get a better perspective of how people really think. And, you know, we're watching an election here and we're going to see how this pans out for lots of people at this point. 
really we don't know what's happening uh, with the world. Uh, from what I'm looking at right now, the polls have Biden at 237 and Trump has 213. 49, 49.8 is for Biden and 48.6. And there's this, this still is still going. This is going to be some weird tight ass race. Yo, and no one knows. Off topic, off topic. All right. Yeah. So you've been to like five different countries. Who got the hottest women? Uh, I'll save that for another day. <laughs> oh, my bad, my bad, my bad, my bad. I'll just say this. I'm with a Mexican now. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Uh, no, not not whatever. Uh, who has the hottest woman? I think it's just. I don't think it's doesn't. It, color is not important. I think it's about you know who is willing to be with you, through you know. It's like it's like when you ask your your brother, "You got my sex," and that's pretty much it, right? It's the same thing about you being with a woman. It's kind of the same thing that you know. I hopefully that most women understand. You got my sex, like. You know, like that, like that weird guy with the. I forgot what was which city it was. He had the pink polo shirt with the the, the, the rifle, and then the, his wife had the little pea shooter. <laughs> uh, it's like that kind of relationship. You got my six, <laughs> uh, right? I don't care how you look. I just need to know you got my six, babe. <laughs> uh, that's what grinds my gears, buddy. That's what grinds my gears. Uh, you have another. You have one more. Uh, uh, something that grinds your gears in 2020, because we're almost over with this election. Um, I think, I think a lot of people are still not convinced that COVID is real and it's not real until a loved one dies or until someone close to you got it and dies, you know, so. So painful. Not that it grinds my gears, but I just feel like, you know what, you guys have no heart, you know, but for you guys to think it's fake while other people are dying for real, man, it's just really heartless for you guys to say that. Yeah. It's disappointing. It's disappointing, bro. Yeah, I lost a loved one during this COVID, but I, they didn't get COVID. It was just they had gotten pneumonia. And it's also been one and another issue about, um, you know, like, do they get classified as that or something? And, no. you know, one knows at this point. And we're not going to know for years to come. And it just sucks because, you know, I hate how people call each other out on certain things, and then I hate how we're so defensive about uh, about being called out. It's just, please do your part. Do your oh, yeah. part. <laughs> um, something you look forward to, uh, to this coming year? Um, I'm looking forward to just better health, uh, new health. Um, I'm looking forward to working. I'm glad to still be working. I'm glad that I have income coming in. I'm looking forward to making new music and keep doing the podcast. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Well, um, stay, staying healthy, you know, staying healthy. That's, that's how, the how, are you staying, how, how are you staying healthy exactly? I've been trying to run like three times a week, three to four times a week. Um, just drinking more water, more vegetables these days. Mm -hmm. trying, to, trying to kick back on the sweets. You know, just trying to eat more fish. You know, that, that's that's there. funny. The sweets stocks went up on that. <laughs> right when COVID hit, stocks went up on the sweets. More fish. Try to eat more fish. More water, you know? That's good. That's good. Yeah, I mean, like, for, 
you know, the things that I look forward, yeah, continue doing the podcast this coming year for myself. Uh, the election, I hope that, you know, we're able to kind of move forward from whatever happens on this thing, just because we, we need to find ways to heal. But I'm kind of fearful, I guess, for things that I like. Um, I'm a little bit fearful, but I hope it, it that everything works out well. I'm hopeful on that. I just don't hope... I hope that it doesn't rain blood with on the streets coming, you know, because of people who aren't happy with whatever happens. I think this is just a weird, weird time because, you know, this podcast is so nerve wracking for you and me. Well, for me, especially because the election's going on. No one knows what's happening and we're all antsy about what's going to happen. <laughs> I look forward to listening to this again, just for all the antsiness. <laughs> so wait, they're not going to, so man, like, what time are they going to announce it tomorrow? Do you know? Like 8 in the morning, 7 a.m.? Um, I think by between 4 and 8 a.m., we'll have a better idea of where California is. I mean, California's already done calculating it, though, but by the time California's got 80%, most of all the other states should have calculated theirs already. And I think all it comes down to is that as long as every state's got about 90% calculated already, about 85 to 90% calculated, we should generally know who might be the winner. But this is such a weird thing that's a small margin because, I mean, seriously, like the, you know, what Google says the numbers are a little different from what I'm looking at on the, on the news channel. But, you know, Biden's been stuck at 223 for a good minute. Trump was at like 200 something a second ago. But then I look at Google and saying it's 178. So some states aren't whatever. But just looking at the color, like a good middle of America from Montana stretching all the way down to Louisiana and Florida, like it's all red. Like he, like Trump's cut across it. But then, you know, the overall polling of who's voted for Biden so far that they have is about, he, he leads Trump over on the popular vote at the moment. So we're not really sure because he's got about six, 62.6 million people that voted for Biden. And um, Donald Trump has about 61 million people that voted for him, which is a lot more than oh. the last election. We're, we're getting close to it, though, because the last election, only 100 and some, 130 some people voted for him, voted during the election. So right now we're at 120 million people voting so far. So we, we'll have to figure out where that's going to be at. So this is the nerve wracking part. So the things that I like... I like being nerve-wracked, but I also am worried <laughs> and also kind of excited. You know, it's one of those. It's it's what what gift do you get involved except the fact that you know you voted. <laughs> you went out and voted. And you're like, oh man, I hope whatever I voted for works. Cross my fingers. <laughs> uh, that's that's what's going on, and I think we'll all find out tomorrow. Uh, any la any other last likes? Hmm. Likes, likes. <clears throat> what I like about this year is that it has taught me to be independent and taught me to be an entrepreneur. And get, you know, because I realized that if they take away your stability, you have no choice how to be, but have to be a hustler and learn how to make money outside of that, you know? Mm -hmm. So. I like that 2020 has forced me in the corner to work even harder. 
If you can leave somebody with a, a positive note, what would that be? Love yourself and put yourself first, always. All right, Marlon. Marlon D, will you uh, take us I was us just on? a little boy from the Philippines who would have ever thought of making from the silver screen. Yo, man, to all my hip-hop heads out there tuning in, uh, my new album, Act 2 by Marlon D, now available in all digital stores, including Apple, Spotify, Tidal Music, and Amazon. Um, for all those who like to listen to podcasts, um, Peep My Podcast, MD Podcast, now available on Spotify and Apple Podcasts, Overcast, Stitcher, and all the platforms. Um, for all my mixtapes and albums from 2005 to 2020, you can find it at mcmarlond.bandcamp.com. And um, you can find me on Instagram at mdlens. That's at M-D-L-E-N-S. Find me on Facebook at Marlon D. Or you can find me on Twitter at MC Marlon D. Uh, my music video, Change is Gonna Come, is now out on YouTube. Shout out to James. Atomic Zero, all my folks tuning into Atomic Zero. Keep fucking with your boy, James, man. Much love, James. I'm gonna holla at you.